Yankees win! That contract extension was for $176 million. Touchdown! And a title for the Patriots! I can't believe it! He got it! This is Entrepreneurs the Playbook where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. I am lucky enough to have an old friend, not old in age, but old in spirit and relationship-wise. We met each other on my one of my first speaking engagements, and she just captured my heart and my soul, because she's an amazing person. I'm here with Jen Brown, super (laughs) announcer and TV star, mother of two, and just a wonderful person, philanthropic. Uh, I'd love to have you here, Jen, on The Playbook, give you a little bit of background. What we like to do on The Playbook is take what you learned on the field, and most people may not know because of how women's sports go, that you were a great college athlete and kind of carried your playbook off the field and what you learned, you know, we really want to know the inside playbook of Jen sure. Brown, how you became, you know, so well-rounded, so successful, and just someone that I really admire. So, Jen, kind of start off and tell me, you know, what was it that you learned from, you know, playing sports, specifically softball too, mm-hmm. but what did you learn that really helped you off the field when sure. you graduated? Gosh, wow. Um, first, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really pumped. And- Vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, wow, gosh, that's such a big question to just jump in, which I love. You know, um, I think to give a little context and background to yep. people, I mean, you said I was a great college athlete, which I appreciate, um, but I did. I walked on the softball team at the University of Florida. So while I was a good, decent, you know, athlete, I, I didn't have a scholarship there. I had an academic scholarship. So I actually walked on the team. And what was really cool is our coach, Larry Ray at the time, he was really, he really like the short game and I was fast. So I, and short, uh, short, yes, that's true. (laughs) When I have my heels on, not so much, but But, um, I knew that if I could just, you know, if he saw my speed, I could use that as a window to get on the team. And so, um, you know, I walked on I was able to make the team, Uh, but what's interesting is I just ran bases for my entire freshman year. For the most part, I would run bases uh, during batting practice. I would run bases during fielding drills. You know, I was just running bases and uh, which was great. I wasn't contributing maybe necessarily how I wanted to, but I was on the team. And so then I just said, you know what, Uh, I'm going to take it kind of into my own hands. And so uh, after practice, I would ask the, you know, equipment manager if he would hit me fly balls or I would show up early and I would take batting practice in the cages. And as I would do that, doing it on my own, trying to, you know, kind of make my mark and, and, and get better and improve, you know, my teammates started to take notice. My coaches started to take notice. And, um, you know, I'd love to sit here and say like, Hey, look, you know, my freshman year, I became the starting center fielder and I hit a grand slam to win the SEC championship, you know, that didn't happen. But, you know, I remember I had four at bats my freshman year and I like, I can tell you there was no better feeling than hitting that single and and getting on first base and having my entire team rush out of the dugout and just be, you know, on their feet. Cause like the base runner (laughs) got on base and and it was just, it was just such an amazing feeling. It's something, um, a memory that I I, I really, uh, you know, it still sits with me today, but I, I think it's, it's those types of things. Like, you know, I became the captain of the team by my senior year. Right. I became the vocal leader, the inspirational person on the team that really just wanted to try to get everybody to to play at their highest level and to be the best version of themselves. 
And, and so I tried to, you know, emulate that in the way I practiced and the way I carried myself. And while I wasn't, you know, the starting center fielder, I, I, I felt and, and hoped that I was making an impact. And so it, it's something like that, you know, that, that type of, um, experience of, of learning to, you know, show up and work hard and, um, try to improve and always, you know, make the best of a situation and whatever it can be and try to make those around you better. I think that is, is one of the most valuable lessons that I learned as a collegiate athlete, which I use today in my career. You know, you talk about all these almost trivial things where people say work hard, show up to work, Mm -hmm. you know, and running a business myself and being an inspirational average athlete, but at a lower level (laughs) in division three. But I I totally understand. I, I talk about the extra mile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about your family because they all go the extra mile mm-hmm. and you come from a very athletic family and, you know, great Olympic coaches and all <laughs> these amazing things about you. But I, all these stories that I hear in the playbook about going the extra mile, whether you're, you know, Sean Merriman or, you know, Warren Moon, mm-hmm. they all went the extra mile and they, they may have been born with greater gifts than we were athletically. But it's interesting because I always tell people if you go the extra mile, it's actually lonely. Because there's not really that many people there. Yeah, And sure. people really take notice. Like you can have, like you said, it, the energy of it, they can't help themselves. But by your actions, whether you are the star of the team or just the base runner, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you become your energy, something that attracts everyone else. And they take notice. They become aware of they care and they're getting, and it just happens. And there's so many stories, you know, Jim Lair, it's the, mm-hmm. uh, Baseball player who hit the game-winning home run, he works with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not most likely a Hall of Famer, but will always be the king of New York. And he stepped up at a moment, one of the most inspirational Mm -hmm. Yankees. And I think it's really important to note for the playbook that you're a person that goes the extra mile. And tell me how that translated, because you were the first woman to be on uh what inside Inside the the NFL, NFL, Mm -hmm. ESPN for eight years, the ninja show. I mean and it's hyper, people don't realize how hyper competitive they think, oh, the first woman. There's two different comp- competitions going on. One is within the context of just getting a job as that position. Sure. Then there's the idea of being a woman and getting that position, which is a duplicit, really difficult, exponentially hard thing to do that you have to go the extra mile. Can you tell me how that part translated and how you utilize that technique or your yeah. work ethic to, to get those types of jobs? Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I speak, I, I like to speak and I go around just like you and I, I try to talk to aspiring sports broadcasters with men and women or, you know, even just through social media when people reach out and really are interested in doing, you know, what I've done. And, and it's, it's that, what I learned on this field that I, I, that, that being able to go the extra mile that you just talked about, that's what I tell them. I say, look, any job that I ever had, my goal was to have every person in that room walk away and say, I want to work with her again. So what is that? Like, what does that look like? So that looks like being, showing up early, being willing to carry the tripod or carry the lights or, you know, everybody's tired. Let me go grab you guys a water, like being willing to go that extra mile. And, and because that's when people take notice. And so, uh, did you do that as you got more famous? And I, I always, I just, don't <laughs> consider yourself famous, but like you're the star of some of these things. Did you continue? Because I try to do that as I'm building my brand, mm-hmm. and both of us have really grown since we first met. Sure. But you know, I really try to be the person that they don't expect you to be. I, I want to be the first person to offer to help, even if I'm the star of the show. Sure. No, I, absolutely. And that's, and that's why you're 
as successful as you are. And that's what I would say. When you say the go in that extra mile, there's maybe not a lot around. That's why the people that are successful, I think, have figured something like that out. And so that's what I try to tell all of the people who want to be sports broadcasters or really anything in the entertainment business. You know, if you are willing to be a good person, but work hard, like nothing's above you, you know, uh, nothing's below you, excuse me, nothing's below you. Like if, if we're all walking right now to the car and you've got all this camera equipment, everybody like for sure, I'm going to grab a tripod. I'm not going to make someone like do two guys? trips. You know, like yeah. everybody in here is like, all right, like throw it on here, Jen. So we'll use that but, <laughs> you know, and so how that translates, I can tell you over my gosh, let's see, I'm trying to, this is going to age me now and tell you how old <laughs> I am. When I started in 2004, so whatever that is till to now, 13 years in the business. Yeah. When I started um, to this point, I've only auditioned for one job that I've gotten. Wow. Um, in, in, ever. So in, in what that means is, is that all of my jobs have come from working with someone who has either had another job and they have asked me to work with them again, or by word of mouth, someone went to them and says, hey, I've got an idea for a show or I need someone. Someone has referred me. And so that goes back to the whole, like, I want to leave a lasting impression of being someone that they walk away and say, I want to work with them again. And if you have that mindset and it's genuine yep. and, and, and it is who I am today, the same as I was 13 years ago, uh, there's something I like to say, and this is one of my favorite little uh, quotes that I tell kids in school. I say, listen, you've all heard the whole, it's who you know, right? It's who you know in the business. It's who right. you know here or there. But that's not actually accurate. It's who knows you. Because and what you they think of you, right? yeah, it's who knows you and what they think of you. That's the difference maker. That's when you're going to get the opportunities. That's how those types of things that I learned in sports. If I doing those things now today in my broadcasting career, that's what's allowed me to have the level of success that I've had so far. Well, that's awesome. This is Dave Meltzer with the playbook here with Jen Brown. She's inspiring me here, bringing <laughs> me to tears actually. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting. I have a playbook rule called the Five to Thrive. So mm-hmm. most people think. In the business or in regular business, you know, you have to stimulate interest, transition it is number two, then share a vision. And they think that when they share a vision or get an agreement or get a job or reach that, that they're 80% done. And the lesson for the playbook that I think I hear you saying is it's really about the four step, which I call managing and developing a vision. Mm -hmm. So after someone says, hey, great, Jen, we want you, it's really what makes it thrive so that you never have to audition again or never have to look for a job again Mm -hmm. or never have to ask for even help again because everyone's offering you is how you manage and develop that vision that you've created. Mm -hmm. And I think you are exceptional at that. And it's a great lesson for people to learn. Now, how were you inspired to, you know, this, some people are born with it, Mm -hmm. but how were you inspired to kind of have this extra mile, this five to thrive attitude, all these different lessons that you're teaching us? You know, I know you come from this coaching background, so it's a layup for you, but tell me about what it's like to grow up with Olympic coaches. Yeah. I mean, so I was around sports since I could like remember, and you know, my parents, my, uh, so to give you a quick context of background, my mom was a, a gymnast at the university of Florida and my dad was a wrestler there. And, so um, you guys are all gators. <laughs> yes, Thank we goodness are. I'm not from yeah. Florida. Well, it's good, good that you're, we well, can be from Occidental Florida. College. You just give me a Seminole or a. The best thing about going to Occidental <laughs> College is I can just love every school, right? No one's like, oh man, we're so competitive with them. It's like, where? You're like, who? <laughs> I don't know you're a dentist. I've heard of Osceola College. <laughs> no. But yes. Yeah, 
so you know, I was around sports my whole life. So my parents, um, uh, unfortunately, they sanctioned wrestling from Title IX, and my mom had an injury, so they decided my mom took a loan from her parents to open her own gymnastics school. So she's essentially like 20 years old, a sophomore in college, and bought out the gymnastics school that she was teaching, right? And so right. that's where her, her her empire kind of started. And and so I was born, and I grew up in the gym. I grew up seeing my parents, you know, during the week. Yeah, they were gone a lot because they were sitting there taking a passion and a dream to become an Olympic coach, you know? And so I basically, I would wake up, my dad would make me grits. I'd ride my bike to school. I'd come home. My you know, babysitter would be there and my parents, you know, would come home just in time to tuck me into bed. And, you know, of course on the weekends they'd make up for it, but I got to see that selfless, uh, desire to follow your passion and your dreams. And I saw that in my mom. I saw that in my dad. You, know, you, didn't, you didn't want to be a gymnast. It's funny. Okay. So we're you're built like well, a gymnast. Uh, you know, here's what's interesting though, uh, is we, you know, as are you, right. We talked about yeah. that. No, so I'm five, three and a half on a good day. For those of you, I'm in heels. So, and most of the time I am barely taller than that on a good day. And so (laughs) I laugh though. And my mom and I, I tease it. So I actually, uh, what do you call it? Hit puberty basically super early on. So I was this tall in second grade. I was like the tallest kid in my class. First picked for kickball. I was so tall and it wasn't until about seventh grade, eighth grade, everybody started catching up and I pretty much stopped. So I laugh because I'm like, mom, I could have been this most amazing Olympian. I'm perfect height. She's like, Jen, you don't remember, don't you? I've tried to put you in gymnastics. You hated it because I was that tall, <laughs> right. awkward, Lanky. gangly kid, yeah. you know, that, and so we laugh about that. And I was like, and you know, I did, I was a junior Olympic diver. So I kind of got to take oh, yeah. what I liked, the tumbling. And I think it's also something when you grow up so close to it as, you know, your parents are around and all yeah. that, you kind of, you know, the and they were gym. great because they didn't push me to do that. And it's really influenced me and in how, you know, I want to raise my boys now and that they let me do everything. I played seven sports in high school. I mean, I was just, I, you know, it's like, Hey, give me a ball, give me a bat, like, you know, whatever I can do. Isn't it amazing how our backgrounds, you know, really translate over into our career where some of these weird things that we do, like play seven sports, it, you know, as someone that was an agent runs a big marketing company, I look and say, well, where does your knowledge come from of all these sports, right? Because you've been involved and to know all of those sports, participate mm-hmm. in them really was a huge asset for you mm-hmm. because you could draw not only upon the skills and the knowledge that it took for each of the sports, but the different desire and how mm-hmm. that translated the emotional aspects of sports, which, you know, I've watched you on TV for years and I'm a big fan. But what I always like about you is that anybody can give you an analysis of a play for mm-hmm. the NFL. Sure. But what you understand, and it probably stems from growing up with your parents all the way through all the sports, and now that I understand this emotional uh, touch point that you have, that you, you really, when, when I watch you on Inside the NFL or on ESPN, it wasn't just, you know, oh, he's hurt his ankle. In, in some of the announcers that you know them, they're very technical. Mm-hmm. But you really got to more of the emotional aspect of what was going on with momentum or this different motivation or inspiration. Um, you know, how does that now, you're kind of moving on to another side of your career. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, in this new job. Yeah, with Bellator. Yeah, Bellator, yeah, competitor yeah. to the UFC, mm-hmm. gives you some ability that you didn't. That's a very emotional sport. Mm-hmm. You know, with what you do, you know, because to me, that's what people want. They want energy and motion. Mm-hmm. They, they can make their own analysis. You can be a naysayer or someone to argue with, but talk about the emotion in sport and how you identify and communicate with that and where that comes from. Yeah, I think, and thanks for noticing that because that is, um, has always been a focus for me is I just love the human 
element in the human side of sport, right? So having been an athlete, maybe having that little bit inside of the the countless hours and the dedication, what it really takes to get to that high of a level um, and understanding that. But I just, I love the the storytelling humanizing element of sport because there's the, there's the, the player that we see on the field, the X's and O's, the person who's putting up great numbers and that everybody, you know, has the great game, pitches a great game, all of those things that we know. But I also like, let's, let's give just a little bit more. So it gives a person, there's a reason why like 24 seven, you know, these shows that tell the other side of the athletes are so popular. And so for me, those are the stories that I love. And so anytime that I can uh, spend some time with an athlete that it's going to be in the game or that we're going to cover or in a feed, you know, that I can get to just sit down and get to know them a little bit, get to know what drives them, understand what's going on in their life. Why are they doing this? Whatever it might be. And you can get that into an element with, with whatever, if you're doing a feature or stand up or a report or whatever. I just think that that just the fans at home, right? And we're, we're just, that's at the end of the day, we're servicing people who love sports. And, and so I feel like that's what they would want to know. I feel like it brings another element. And, and I have, cause you can just, I can, you can, anybody can study stats. Anybody can watch a game and glean their own insight. But what is unique about my opportunity and what I want to kind of be able to share is that I have I can talk to this person. I can pick their brain. I can get an understanding into, you know, who they are or what drives them or, or, you know, that type of thing. And so that's where I'm like, okay, I have to figure out what can I bring that they can't go do on their own. And so that's always been my focus. That's awesome. Now, not to put you on the spot, but I would like to, if it's okay with you, bring your mom on. Sure. Absolutely. Olympic coach Rita. (laughs) Ah, come on, mom. Hold on, I'm going to scoot over. It's one thing to interview you because I know, but I want to get in. I I, I I love this. I really this is like looking at twins here, by the way. Um, I, I want to know a, a different type of analysis. I want you, because Jen's always t- bragging about you. From the day I met her, she, she was bragging about you. And like you said earlier, well, Jen will just talk about me, et cetera. I want you to talk about Jen first. And I want you, in the context of the show, we're talking about her playbook. What, what would you say was Jen's playbook to success that carries her from the field to the great success she has off the field, not only as a businesswoman and an announcer and a, and a TV star, but a, as a mother, which is even more important to her? Um, tell me with that playbook that you see as an Olympic coach and a mom yourself, what, what's Jen like there? Wow. Let's go back. Okay, good. <laughs> Little Jen. Jen was a child who never sat still. Okay, she was one that if I took her to a meeting or out to dinner, no, she was not going to sleep. She wasn't going to sleep in the car seat or in the little seat in the restaurant next to me. So she was always listening, looking, and talking to anybody and everybody. My friends would come over. She'd go over and greet them very aggressively, like, hi, how are you? I know their name, and I'm just very, I'm Jen. And so she's always been very outgoing. Uh, She was a very good student, and I think that was because of me. I, she didn't get the to genetics. do her extra activities, including sport, unless she did her homework and got all that done. I was a disciplinarian in that way. And I think that carried over into her good grades and her scholarship in college. Dean's List in okay. college, right? She played all sports. In high school, she did seven. And one reporter interviewed her one day and said, do you know you could break the school record? When she was a sophomore, and she goes, well, how do I have to do that? And he goes, you have to have 14 varsity letters. She comes home, she goes, I'm going to break that record. And I go, how can you do that? It's impossible. Mom knows it. I'm counting the sports. She goes, I'll figure it out. And she did. I think she signed up for 
I play, yeah. Well, bowling? So, yeah, well, that's a, <laughs> yeah. we don't lead with that bowling. But yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I broke the, I broke the record at Bishop Moore. I have, uh, four, still it still there. stands, 14 varsity letters. And I played actually 19 seasons of sports because I had actually five JV. You, you beat the whole Meltzer family <laughs> record with that many. Altogether. And I have four letters and the rest of my family has one, I think. So, but a lot of medical degrees, if that counts. Yeah, that does count. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't that's have a medical awesome. Degree. So, I mean, that's where, you know, she always was like that. And I'll never forget the day when she went to Florida and she calls up and she goes, I'm going to try out for softball. And what did I say? Well, she's kind of like, well, I'm the realist. Don't, don't, you know, if you don't make it, it's okay. Like, you've got right. the you know, I think everybody's on a scholarship on that team, right? right. Florida, they're ranked pretty they're high. Like they have, they have, team. Usually they just have the walk-ons like, because they, it's a formality, they have to. right? Right. They got to let somebody walk on. And yeah. she calls me back the next day and she goes, they had me call, come back. Second day, they called me back. Third day, there's only two of us are back. And then all of a sudden, the end of the day, she goes, I'm on the team. I'm the only one. So she was the only walk-on. So I was quite proud. So you're an Olympic coach, and how do you separate, and and I have four children of my own, but how do you separate, you know, you, you have to be a coach to kids that aren't yours and then be a mother and lay off of the coaching side. How did you deal with that? I had to wear a lot of hats. Um, A lot of my career, I was a single mom. And so I had to have a sitter. And I was coaching in the high ranks. Um, I was an elite coach. So I was traveling internationally, representing the United States. And and it's difficult. It was hard. It was hard on me. But I made sure that my time with my children were, were quality, quality time. We traveled a lot. I'd ask the kids, what do you want to do this weekend? And Jim would go, I like to stay in a hotel. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we're going to Disney. We'll stay yeah. at the hotel. So we, we traveled a lot as a family. We enjoyed our, our sports together. She learned how to you know, do every, all the sports. I mean, as far as snow trips and skiing and snowboarding and, and all of that. So it, it, it is hard. It was a juggle. It was a daily juggle. What Olympic athlete, either you coached or you knew from one of the teams, did Jen most exemplify what where do you or who do you compare her with they all had special attributes oh let's see trick questions Mm, good good question i haven't thought of that because you know this whole like thing you do doesn't work out you should be a reporter i have to say all of them you took (laughs) something from our yeah you know what i've never (laughs) auditioned once and i keep on getting these jobs i don't know why (laughs) i think her sweetness came from brandy johnson 88 olympian Uh i think her devil niche came from wendy bruce the 92 bronze medalist i had um, I think my alternate, Dee Dee Foster, who didn't make the team, was a little wild. I think she taught you a few things. Weren't she in there, the music? Her music? Are these all like your big sisters? They, so, they lived with us. Little, a lot oh, of them they, lived oh, they with, live with us. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and that's what's something that's kind of, kind of neat is that, you know, when my parents were at the height of their career, I was about um, 10, 11, 12, 13. So they coached in the 80s. In 92, I was 11. So again, I do the math. You know how old yeah. I am. And, <laughs> um, but all, I, when they were at the height of their career, we had anywhere from three to five gym that were living with us. And so you go back to kind of like things that shape you and, and, and what what molds you to, to where you are today. Like I got to see these young girls, right, leave their home from across the country to pursue a dream of making the Olympics. And like, 
talk about how selfless, like not only you know, to, to leave your families at that age. Yeah. And, and so to have that constant reaffirmation. So I see my parents wake up every day doing what they love and, and, and pounding the pavement and then seeing these girls give up their, you know, their lives back home to go and pursue a dream of making the Olympics, you know, having that constant daily affirmation, reaffirmation, you know, is, is also a, a big part of shaping, you know, how I, who I am and, and how so we I got a big to. family though, too. Always. Yeah, there's always, yeah. Extended I know it's big sisters family. for me. It was great. Sisters. And they were, and they were, you know, I always tried to say, surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. And one of the things that changed my life was running Lee Steinberg because I got to surround myself with the greatest athletes sure. in the world and then being Warren Moon's business partner afterwards and marketing the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They're just extraordinary people. Yeah. And I took on their energy. It was I started learning about what it was like to be the world's best at something and raise my own bar. So, Jen, you, you had a lot of mentors around you. Can you tell us one mentor that really affected your life? And you can say your mom. I mean, I was like, is it hard to not like figure out the obvious yeah. of my mom sitting right there? I mean, absolutely. I think, you know. What did you learn most from her? I learned that any, you can make anything happen. Like anything is possible. Like watching her go from, I mean, I'm go, I, she like, I want to be a gymnastics school owner. It was a dream that she had when she was a little girl to like, I can't even wrap my head around as a sophomore in college at 20 years old, being a coach at a gym, taking a loan from her parents to buy the gym. So now it's your business. And now you're teaching my dad. My dad was a wrestler. She's teaching him how to spot. He's coaching. He's spotting her. My dad became like one of the best bars coaches in the world because of this mom, one here. Right. And, and, you know, and it was, it, it's not just a like nine to five job. It was, you know, they're up early. You know, so I know life. when they would come home and tuck me in, like my mom's staying up doing the books and just, you know, it, and then even after my parents split, like, after that, my mom franchised and had how many gyms at one time? Eight gyms, eight, the biggest eight. gym in the United wow. States. How, how was square foot? I'm like, oh, in, in the story. Texas, yeah. the big one, 44,000 yeah. square feet. It was wow. huge. Yeah. Yeah. She, so she franchised. She writes all the certification education for gymnastics Presently right for now. She's, so, like, even though she's retired, she still writes all of the books and education for gymnastics. Like, I, you know, I have this constant <laughs> in my face. I'm not really retired. Just so, kind of. So, that, that, awesome. that would yeah. be, uh, you know, as a, just a, as a person and following your dreams and really learning that if you have a dream and you really work hard at it, anything's possible. And I know that's cliche and we, but, but it's the truth. It really, it's, it, it can sound cliche, but, you but like see you're in control of it. And, yeah. and you, I write books about that, right? Manifesting. Yeah, you have to see yourself really. standing there. The girls that I coach and balance me, I said, you have to see yourself and you've got to tune it out. It's 90%. I'm going to speak about that tonight. So we're right on, on schedule for the playbook. It. And then I do have to, just to give one, uh, yeah. there was someone who was so wonderful to me in broadcasting specifically, and it was someone who took me under their wing, and that was Bonnie Bernstein. And so just wanted, because I would be remiss yeah, if I listened to this back, and I didn't, because she was someone who approached me from the gymnastics connection, because she knew who my mom was when I first started ESPN. And she really took me, and, and in that business, when you said, look, it is competitive, especially at that time, women in this industry. Still and it is still correct. And it, it was very refreshing to have someone who came and literally just wanted to help me. And she's still to this day. Like we talk, she stays at my house every other month. We are in constant communication. There isn't a job or life opportunity that I haven't gone down that I haven't consulted with her to get her take on it. And I just, you know, that is um, so valuable and I'm so appreciative. So I just had to, you know. That's awesome. And it's unique. 
too. Well, you, the Jen Brown playbook consisted of <laughs> going the extra mile, right, to make yourself extraordinary, which I thought was great. And then, you know, added in this whole idea of manifestation, being able to dream what, whatever it is. And then also kind of being kind to your future self. You know, the idea of five to thrive yeah, absolutely. Uh, really applies. And I think all of those with your mom is why she's not retired and still successful, <laughs> whatever she does. And I can't wait to read the next Jen Brown chapter because yeah. although you gave us your age, you have many, many more years <laughs> of really impacting others. So the last question, as we kind of learned your playbook and my favorite question is what legacy, I mean, you have your legacy of your family, but what like, legacy would you like to leave as if you, you know, as you leave as Jen Brown, what, what does that legacy look wow. like? Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a big one there. Yeah. That's a big question. Well, um, you know, right now, I, I'm actually in development of, of something to work just specifically with broadcasters, and it's uh, called The Art of Broadcasting. It is going to be a kind of a resource and tool for people to aspire to work in the business and kind of be a connector with all of my friends and people that I have in the industry to kind of help bridge that gap, right? Those things that we learn that you get to a certain level and it's a little bit more difficult to understand or have those connections or understand what to do right when you get out of school. So that's something like I want to give back. I want, I want to help. I, you know, I, I feel like you get blessed to have, to get to where you are and there's a reason that you get there. And so there's a big part of giving back and helping others so that you, so, cause look, we all learn, right? So I'm here because I learned from the mistakes or where my mom, you know, and so, and now I would love to impart and help other people make maybe not the same mistakes that I've made and help other people get David even better and bigger, <laughs> you know, cause that's, I, I think that's, you know, that's what's important. That's what true, I mean, that's what I it's agree. all about. Well, I, I agree. And I am, Sad that you're moving to Nashville, but it is weird with my friends that live in California that I don't see. I find that when they move away, because they travel more and come back, that I'll run into you either in Nashville or at the airport, and we'll have some great joke that I have to fly to New Jersey to somehow run into Jen Brown. <laughs> I look forward but to But I will it. watch you on TV. I will now become a fan of, what is it called? Bella, Bella to MMA. So MMA. Bellator MMA. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm learning stuff every day. And what a treat to have your mom read on. Thank uh, you. You guys. This is the first time we've ever done this. This is great. Hey, we've got a playbook <laughs> There <first>. you go. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. We, we, we love having you guys on. Uh, you know, this is the playbook. Dave Meltzer, really special guest. Jen Brown and her mom, Rita. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Playbook is produced by Nathan Lotka, and our media partner is Entrepreneur.com. Be sure to tune in next Monday, where we feature another story on how a sports icon went from the playing field to the boardroom.